live from the next cast Fantapological Institute. Today, we're talking about fans of fat foods. And welcome back to Phanthropological. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about fans of those elusive menu items and elusive food products that were only with us for a short time, but still managed to gather some kind of following. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Now for a limited set I'm only, this podcast comes complete with Fornix. <laughs> and Nick Z. And I come with a special dipping sauce uh, inspired by... Inspired. <laughs> can't even commit. Commit. Inspired by the movie Mulan. Oh boy! Joining us today, special guest friend. He's an epic film guy. He's a restauranter, and he is the only three Peter in fantastical history. It's epic film guy Nick. The power of four Nicks is so much stronger than the power of three. Now, for a limited time only, get it while it lasts. <laughs> Offer expires soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not before you finish listening to it, but it might. <laughs> May not be available in all locations. Yeah, they've already tuned out. Yeah. Four Nicks, Jesus. It becomes unstable if there are four Nicks. <laughs> That's why it, it's only, you know, the same time every year, right? Like, you just do it in the winter every year, and then uh, you can prevent the universe from collapsing. There's something with the tides in there, I'm sure, but anyway. Yeah, speaking of tides. Uh, <clears throat> normally, normally what we would do at this point in the show right off the top, is we'd give you some background on the thing that we are talking about. However, G's comment about things being elusive is not wasted on the rest of the episode. I did manage to get us just the tiniest, smallest bit of background on fad foods for this episode, but it is going to be much more brief and succinct than normal. Yeah, I just want to say, like, like we tossed around a couple of ideas and, and our thought was maybe, like, to make a rib, but we wanted to kind of get all these little different pockets of people enjoying these weird weird limited time only foods so it's not like we're talking about one fandom here mm-hmm. kind of all over the map yeah fandom facts. well here is the one bit of fandom facts that i got for this week it is about search data around fad foods i couldn't find a unifying term for fad foods so i looked up fad foods hipster foods Uh, and the mcrib Mm -hmm. all right unsurprisingly mcrib more popular than any of those other two terms interesting to me interest in hipster food goes up interest in fad food goes down since 2004 Hmm. interesting maybe we didn't market this podcast properly and we should have gone after hipster food maybe they'd be too cool to listen anyway (laughs) listening ironically <laughs> only the coolest countries were interested in those things namely the united states the united kingdom and australia <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> actually i think on one of them singapore was the top result it was okay. very strange singapore actually seemed to show up a lot yeah i feel like maybe there's a, lot. a bunch of hmm. bots or something i feel like there's a search to population thing going on there could be a lot of expats from Australia, the UK, and the US. <laughs> so we know that the, the bots in Singapore are very interested in hipster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that was all that I got for fandom facts because I was like, oh, maybe, you know, there's a Wikipedia article on like the history of novelty food and it goes back to the Earl of Sandwich talking about how we got that or back to Pringles and how we got stacked potato chips or or potato chips at all. It's like, nah, nothing I mean, like that. Those are were all fad foods, but then they just became foods. Yeah. So I do have a trivia question oh. for you guys. What was the original flavor of the shamrock shake? Mint. Grass. <laughs> Grass. Like it was gross flavored? Is that your is that your guess? Wait, wait, I rescind my I rescind my guess. Potato. Okay. <laughs> it was just the old French fries. So you care to hazard again? Real or joke, I'll accept either. <laughs> I want to hear what EFG Nick has to say first. He said grass. Oh, he said grass. Oh, he said grass. I thought he said gross. Uh... Both. It can be both. <laughs> it can, it can be, be more than one thing. Uh, um, I'm going to go with pistachio. Ooh. That's a good, good guess. Yeah. You know, the old Spumoni. No, it is originally lemon-lime. What? Uh, <laughs> so like a Sprite ice cream shake. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not good. Uh, vanilla ice cream, lemon-lime sherbet, and vanilla syrup. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three years later, it was just vanilla-flavored, but it was colored green. Interesting. I've never had a shamrock shake, so I assumed that it was mint. Yeah. And it is now mint. Okay. And I wouldn't want it. <laughs> yeah, it's now mint, which also sounds disgusting. Yeah, that is a lot of mint. <laughs> like a whole cup of mint. Oof. Yeah. Shamrock shakes are sold at select US and Canadian stores during the month of February and March, as well as in Ireland. I feel like Ireland wouldn't even tolerate that. <laughs> Maybe they're too drunk to care? <laughs> it could be. Oh, that's be. a stereotype. Well, I, yeah, that's... I mean, it's a stereotype, but like, <laughs> up until recently, drinking on St. Pat's wasn't even a thing in Ireland. They did something else for like some other saint a few weeks before or something, or like just another day until it became really hot for the tourists. I thought that St. Patrick's Day was a religious holiday in, like, not well, not like... for drinking reasons, for like religious, <laughs> like real religious. Yeah, yeah, reasons. yeah. I mean, every day of the year is a saint's day. Mm-hmm. There are more than three hundred sixty-five, so it's very easy. To populate so the them, calendar, so the moon doubled up. Yeah, I think that actually might have been it. In, in Ireland, it wasn't much of a day; you just went to church, like if you were Catholic. Hmm. Another couple quick stats. Oh, hey, thirty-one people subscribed to our cronuts. Okay, all right. A similar number to our McRib. <laughs> okay. Oh man. One thousand six hundred sixty-nine subscribed to our sriracha. <laughs> let's take a look at the headlines here (laughs) one of the top hot posts on r mcrib abandoned by mods can i be a mod mcrib plus big mac equals rib mac (laughs) you know this is very popular all right this is like primo stuff adding up our sriracha all star by smash mouth but every time he says star i eat a spoonful of sriracha Oh, God. Oh. The internet will not stop. Man, oh, man. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. I can add in some of my own stats. Yeah, sure. For the site, mcriblocator.com. When the McRib is in season, 
we're going to get up to 90,000 daily hits. When it is not in season, it, it is only 2,000 hits a day. People are still looking for it. Yeah. Why would you even visit it when it's not in season? <laughs> because you never know when it's going to come back, man. Hope. Hope, exactly. So there's probably somebody that has that as like their homepage, and they just <laughs> refresh it like every day. Like, is it time? Definitely. <laughs> it should be one of those websites that's just like, is the McRib available yet? Dot com, and it, all it says is yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Mick, have you ever had the pleasure of having a McRib? I, yeah, sadly, <laughs> not a fan. It's, I mean, it's not like. Have you ever had like those frozen like barbecue rib dinners? Yeah, like. It literally tastes exactly like one of those. It's extremely overprocessed and it's extremely bland. Even the sauce they put on it is bland. Like literally everything about it is just. Yeah. I feel like, especially with like, sort of the rise of barbecue over the last decade or so, that people would be more discerning about like what the sauce tastes like because it's probably not much of anything. Yeah. Jokes on you because the sauce doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's just adhesive. <laughs> Apparently, with the McRib, and I learned this because it was the one fad food I could think of that is like so iconic. Mm. Apparently, mm. it's made kind of in the same process that the chicken nuggets are. Yeah. In that you take all these undesirable parts of that are left over from like a pig, and you like grind them up and you make them into a slurry, and then you extrude them. And apparently, because they're those random bits and pieces they work really well for the extrusion and they hold better into the like pressed rib shape yeah i feel like this is what happens when you have a legend on your hands but uh i heard that it uh, worked a little differently oh my it's like mcribs are made of the scrapings from pork shoulders after like the rest of the meat's been picked off and then they're let me, let me find the process here follow along at home everybody <laughs> Alright, let me just grab my bowls Thank you, my pen <laughs> First you get those trimmings gathered And then you scrape The meat off of all those All those trimmings, all those bones Usually the shoulder for pork Add salt and you tumble it Which causes an exudate To seep from the meat It's kind of like a meat glue It's very tasty It says you don't learn anything from this show <laughs> It's a process patented by uh, Oscar Mayer in 1958. Okay. And this whole thing came about because the military, the U.S. military, wanted to have cheaper, more nutritious rations. The next step, add fat back in so that you can get some richness. Then add some sodium phosphate. Further richness. Number five, form them into the desired shape. Number six, cook in an airtight package and then add preservatives if they're, you know, being sent out as rations or freeze them on the spot if they're being used for fast food really working out my appetite <laughs> did he mention a food ingredient like literally anywhere <laughs> in that the whole they're time like, like meat meat flakes i mean scrapings yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like you get like a t-bone steak or something you get like the meat tucked into the corners of the tea so, i don't want to hear mm. about meat being tucked in <laughs> like like even outside of a sexual context, this is like a gross way to talk about food. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Thanks for coming on the show, by the way. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying yourself. I am always, always thrilled to be here. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs>
I'm glad to have a fourth person here for this show of shows. Teach us more about the meat flakes. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all I got, except except one close tie. I feel like the chicken nuggets are probably made the same way. Like, there could be some truth to the whole, like, just throw it all in a grinder and let whatever industrial chef sort them out kind of thing. But, like, I feel like the chicken McNuggets are made in the same way with chicken scrapings instead of pork scrapings. Very refined. The infamous pink goo. (laughs) Essentially, yeah. Jamie Oliver's nemesis. (laughs) But. All of the best foods are scraped. (laughs) The funny thing with the McRib, though, is that, like, McDonald's knew that people weren't going to be super excited for this weird, scientifically prepared animal matter sandwich. So what they did was they hired on this Belgian-born chef, Rene Arend, who worked on the McNuggets first, gave them their signature sauces, barbecue, sweet and sour, hot mustard. He assigned those sauces to the nuggets in the 80s. And he also made the McRib. And, like, the press were all over this guy because he was photogenic, he was charming, and he was also European-trained and had cooked for the queen. So surely he knows what he's doing, even if he's just using meat flakes. I have a follow-up question. <laughs> Go for it. Did he cook a McRib for the queen? May- maybe. I, I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> I feel like the queen would probably have one of those uh, TV dinner ribs and be watching like The Simpsons or yeah. something, you know, like in that episode yeah, of The Simpsons. You're probably, you're pro- you're probably yeah, right. I probably, probably. In his own words, Arend said of his efforts with the McRib, I wanted to do for the people out there in the street what I did for those who were rich. Which I assume is make good food. Okay. Hmm. Uh, All right. Mission <laughs> uh, before we get to the famous last words, there was this quote I was going to save till later, but it seems more appropriate here for some reason. Sure. It's in reference to the McRib, and it's a quote from the Atlantic talking about the McRib, enjoy your symptom. Man. Manufactured technological falseness has become a feature of haute cuisine as much as fast food. As Jeb Boniakowski has argued, apart from context, cost, and class markers, there's really not much difference between McDonald's super processed food and molecular gastronomy, mm-hmm. the application of food science to haute cuisine. Uh, this person had said, if you put a Cheeto on a big white plate in a formal restaurant and serve it with chopsticks and say something like, it's a cornmeal quinelle extruded at a high speed. And so the extrusion <laughs> heats the cornmeal polenta and flash cooks it, trapping air and giving it a crispy texture with a striking lightness. It is then dusted with an umami powder glutamate. An evaporated dairy solids <laughs> blend. People would just go nuts for that. $35. Yeah, $35. <laughs> so uh, oh, you can man. thank us when you go to McDonald's and the McRib is $35. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Might light the Cheeto on fire briefly. <laughs> as it's served. Yeah. Oh, man. But that brings us to famous last words from last episode. Z. You had said, is there a fad food fan out there who collects wrappers or something similar? Well, I think I was asking the question with the intent of, you know, for all these LTOs out there, there's got to be people, you know, collect like the sarcophagi of these relics. 
the burger boxes, the wrappers and all that. I didn't come across anybody like that. Instead, I found out that there's a gentleman by the name of Sergei Zaha, who has the uh, all-consuming passion, if you will, of collecting McDonald's burger packaging. All right. Yeah. So by profession, he is a storm chaser living in France, working for a meteorological institute studying lightning. But, you know, in his spare time, he likes to hang out at McDonald's and uh, drink the Coke, because that's all he really likes at McDonald's. <laughs> okay. But he really loves collecting these various boxes from the various McDonald's that he travels to as a storm chaser. He's got 495 in his collection as of this writing. The article I read about him is from October 2017, so maybe that number has gone up since then. I don't know. But he keeps these boxes in, from what I could tell from the pictures, in pristine condition. He sort of got them displayed, sort of seen from the top, so I don't know, I, I hope... That they're kind of cleaned out on the inside a little bit. Otherwise, things could get uh, a little nasty, perhaps. In any case, he's got a wide variety of these things. And he has these boxes that are, like, from things all over Europe. So you got stuff like the McNutella, which was a sandwich in Italy. I guess they had Nutella on the burger. It didn't... No. It gave a lot of names, but it didn't go into what made them that all the time. Like, the McNutella was just... I guess left because it was obvious or because it was too mysterious. Also the Mick Schukrot. I think I, I think I wrote that out right. I hope so. Which was from Germany with three sausages, sauerkraut, and I believe steak. Oh, man. The Mick Declet, France. Mick Arabia from Lebanon. <laughs> See? Yeah. Quit stalling. Does he have a Royale with cheese? Um, living in France, you know what? <laughs> He's got to, but it did not come up in the article. Ah, uh, might be a wrapper rather than a box. It might be, yeah. It might be, because I don't know if he would go in for the wrappers since they're kind of, you know, crumbly. Mm. But he keeps data on, you know, like their country of origin, whether or not they're a limited time thing, that sort of basic information. But when asked sort of to get to the, the why of his own fandom, he said... What interests me is all the difference within the uniformity. It's a capitalist enterprise, a symbol of globalization, yet it's seasoned differently for each country. McDonald's itself is so bland that we can see ourselves <laughs> staring back. I mean, kinda, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. No, I know, but like, but like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they'd never be able to get away with stuff like the McLobster. The 99-cent McLobster. Yeah. I mean, it's the Maritimes. They've got a lot of lobsters. I, I guess so. so. I guess so. Yeah. Has lobster scrapings in it. <laughs> Lobsters. Aren't all all lobster lobster scrapings really? Yeah. In a way. Yes. A way. Fair. Super fair. Make lobster now only ten percent shell. <laughs> Actually, if you wanted the whole lobster, then it should be like lots of shell, right? Yeah, if it's just an entire lobster yeah. between two buns. <laughs> They have to pulverize it down into a powder, and then they add some fat to it to reconstitute it. All that lobster fat. Wouldn't it be like an insane thing if they did the same process with a McRib, but made it in like the shape of a small lobster? Like just the outline of the lobster and pulverized lobster scrapings? Oof. Man, we're talking about some 
delicious food here, man. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to skip to my famous last words. There wasn't that much to it. Uh, okay. I'd asked, are there people who collect and preserve fad foods? Mm-hmm. And if so, how do they do it? I found no one. So I have no idea. I'm sure someone out there does that. That's not the guy from the Super Size Me documentary who like preserved the Big Mac or whatever. Uh, but I didn't find him. So as far as I'm concerned, they don't exist. Well, I mean, you don't really have to try to preserve yeah. fast food. Because have you ever like seen like people that'll buy like a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's or something and they just leave it out for four weeks yeah. and then they come back and it looks exactly the same because it's like so plasticky and like gym mats with plastic between it that it just doesn't mold over. Like even bacteria doesn't want it. They're like, no, no, we're good. This garbage. Yeah. So maybe it not necessarily that they go out of their way to preserve it, but say you buy a couple of McRibs, you get full after the first one and you set the other one aside and then forget about oh, it for six months. You open it and it probably looks exactly the same. All right. I'm so, pretty sure that came up in one of the articles I read about the McRib. Like somebody <laughs> bought one and then like they left it at their desk and then a, like a month later they were like, oh yeah, my McRib. And then ate it. All right. You know what? You know what? Maybe there are those people and I don't want to do the research to find where they are because those people are gross. It's like, oh, whoops. I left this food out for four weeks. This milk is yogurt. Oh, well. <laughs> Time makes mm-hmm. fools of us all. Or just find an old packet of Szechuan sauce in your car and get someone to pay multiple thousands of dollars for it. Awesome. I mean... Oh. <laughs> Apparently it's just Why? ketchup and soy sauce, so uh, internet, go ahead and make some money off that. Yeah, it's not like it's good. <laughs> like, it, it was just mentioned on a show. I want it because it was on the thing. The thing. Exactly. I want Tide Pods because I hate my life. Oof. Yeah. This will give me something exciting. Yeah. Cinnamon Challenge, Tide Pod Challenge, together at last. You know, Tide Pods are best when you dunk them in like that snuggle fabric softener before you eat them. <laughs> snuggle dipping sauce. That just, that just makes me think of that, that like, video of the raccoon who gets the, the candy floss. It's just like, oh yeah, I'll oh, just yeah. dunk this in. And it's like, and it's gone. G, your famous last words from last episode were what was the first fast food restaurant to have a secret menu how long do you want me to talk about secret menus because I found a lot I have a feeling that's going to dig into the why but you can start us off what I unfortunately did not find a lot of was history of secret menus in and out seems to have been back to like the 60s-ish feel like they might be able to secure first place with that but i learned that more so a secret menu it's not all about weird handshakes and really long names for your stupid burgers or whatever and more about just using things the restaurant has anyway and asking people to put that on your whatever it is you're ordering and half of them are just like burgers with more patties and cheese I did find the McLand Sea and Air, mm-hmm. a filet fish a Big Mac, and a McChicken. Huh. Yeah. Wait, what's the air part? Because chickens don't fly. <laughs> <laughs> if you throw it up in the air, it flaps its wings to get back to the ground. That's too many questions. <laughs> the definitely not corporate authorized um mcgangbang 
what what is that <laughs> oh boy the mcgangbang yeah what's in it it's like a quarter pounder on each side but like a mcchicken in the middle or something like that so it's like the double down but with quarter pounder patties instead of it's got buns too okay okay i don't think they'll acknowledge you if you ask for that <laughs> I think the uh, the time where McDonald's was offering uh, burger customizations has passed, but uh, surely you can still get like patties instead of buns. Yeah, people like knowing about the secret menu. Mm-hmm. Like In and Out's is not really a secret anymore. They mention it on the website and stuff. But... <laughs> it's now restricted to four by fours, by the way. <laughs> Oof. Someone did a hundred by a hundred. And then shared it on the internet. And the internet was like, that's it. Yep. For shutting that down. But I found a lot of cool stuff on secretmenus.com. Ooh. Hey. Which has a pretty comprehensive list of secret menu items you can order at various chains. And I thought you guys might enjoy a couple of selections from the Tim Hortons secret menu. Oh, man. Yes. Ooh. Nick, do you have Tim Hortons? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I'm close enough to Canada to just get some Canada down here. <laughs> Only some. <laughs> when we go to Niagara Falls, we get to taste the American experience. Yeah, we got IHOP, we got Denny's. I went to Niagara Falls, and then the couple that we went with wanted to go to the Outback Steakhouse when we were there, and we about shot them. <laughs> it's like, we did not come all the way to Niagara Falls <laughs> to go to the Outback Steakhouse. Not interested in the Bloomin' Onion? No. <laughs> <laughs> so at the top it says Tim Hortons Secret Menu is one of the biggest we have and it's basically like because the people at Tim Hortons will basically make whatever you want if you ask them to hmm. the first thing that they're showing off is a chocolate Timbit cut in half toasted and then put whipped cream in the middle Okay, you have this little Timbit whipped cream sandwich <laughs> none of these have names by the way <laughs> they're just like ask for this there's the hash brown sandwich, which is a breakfast sandwich with hash brown in it, which they actually just have now. Yeah. Which is the farmer's wrap. Also, it comes with hash brown. <laughs> Getting any breakfast sandwich with a donut instead of the English muffin or biscuit. So is the donut cut in half? Yep. Okay. See, that's only in Canada. In America, you would get like a whole donut for each half because we're fatties. <laughs> <laughs> we get chocolate sauce drizzled over it. Oh. It's not even breakfast anymore. It's just dessert. <laughs> this is Jimmy Tim Hortons veggie sandwich. What? You can order a veggie patty in any bun or between any bread. Huh. What? <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I can eat a lot more Tim Hortons again. <laughs> You've literally blown. <laughs> this is not false surprise. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The game has changed. Yeah. You can put cheese or cream on top of anything. Cream on top of anything. Hmm. I mean, you could have like a an apple thing and then put the cheese on top of that. Ooh. Doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. They also talk about getting your sandwiches done on a bagel. Yeah. Which is a beautiful picture of a poppy seed bagel that I can no longer get it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right, yeah. all right. So, there's secret menus. There's all sorts of crazy limited time offer foods. There's all sorts of crazy 
food trends. So the real question is, why? Why? Why do people not just, you know, I like Chinese food or Korean food or like fast food or whatever. Like, what is the appeal of these like limited time offering kind of things? Nick, that's a stupid thing to say. EFG, Nick. <laughs> Wait, none of us answer to Nick anymore. Yeah. 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 True. You have a, a podcast where you visit all sorts of different restaurants and, and talk about them, right? Yeah. So you probably have more insight than any of us into like the appeal of particular foods. What's your take on that? You'd think so, wouldn't you? I wouldn't think that. <laughs> I've been wrong lots. That's like one of the four pillars of this show. See, I will say that I don't think it actually has anything to do with the food so much as it has to do with just being a part of a culture, especially if it's just like, you know, something that you just kind of get swept up in every now and again. Because a lot of, especially the McRib, and it's it's an easy example to go back to, but I know like when the McRib comes out, there are people that legit just travel McDonald's to McDonald's to McDonald's and like they'll all get together. They'll have like these convoys and stuff or they'll get together and like they'll all sit in these big groups. It's like mini Woodstock for McRibs and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty in-depth. I think it's more about the culture than it is about the sandwich at that point. I think you want to be amongst other like-minded people that just love the same thing that you love and that you can just have this kind of shared experience and then when it's over everybody goes home everybody goes back to their lives and then boom when it comes up again you're out the door again and you're eating a bunch of pork scrapings (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me of when we did star wars and people talk about all the good friends they made waiting in line for two weeks in in lines to see star wars (laughs) and they'd see them every time a new star wars movie came out yeah i would think it's probably the same i really would yeah you, you make friends seeing other people eating mcribs and just <laughs> you, you, you recognize the people from uh you know who are in sheboygan who are now in omaha and so on and, uh, <laughs> yeah because i mean you could probably take all that money that you spent on gas and lodging and stuff and have a much better meal yeah. <laughs> but it's it's about like the pursuit and like the exclusivity of it. I think so. And then there's the idea of being that person that gets to that McDonald's because you use the McRib Finder website and it's like all these locations in this one area are sold out except for this last one. This Mecca yeah. is is it. And everybody has to descend upon it. And, you know, you're that one person who walks in the door. How many McRibs do you have left? 17. Give me all of them. <laughs> You know, and then maybe you take them out to the McRib gathering and you share your McRib with the community and somebody's passing around a joint and whatever else. I don't know. I've never been. Now I kind of want to go, though. Grateful Dead's (laughs) playing in the background, you know. (laughs) Would you try and fit in with, but like smuggle in an actual like good sandwich that looks like a McRib? Just so you can play along. I wonder if there's like a a black market of people like showing up to these things and being like hey it's the mcrib it's like guys that's not the mcrib that's not a mcdonald's <laughs> just a guy selling really <laughs> sandwiches i was on a uh, quora looking things up and uh, somebody asked about something about the mcrib i don't exactly remember the question it's gonna be in the show notes but uh yeah you can find it there but somebody's reply was uh, just a picture of one of those TV dinners that has the ribs in it and like a little comment saying something like whenever it's off season, this is how I make McRibs. So you, 
you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're remarkably similar, at least texture wise. Yeah, McDonald's, I guess, has some specialness in the sauce or like in the onion and pickle ratio, perhaps. Maybe. Got to be something, right? Or people don't want to buy TV dinners to make sandwiches. <laughs> makes sense. So just to like get in here. Yeah. On people buying them up. Yep. On secondary markets. Oh boy. Huffington Post has an article entitled, Here's Who's Really Buying Cronuts. First two people in line Wednesday are not patriot enthusiasts of foodies from Williamsburg or tourists from Germany. They are a pair of cronut scalpers named Joe and Danny Bird, who moments <laughs> after purchasing four of the $5 treats have flipped them for $20 a piece to a woman who approached them at a cronut exchange before the bakery's doors even opened. Wow. Tomorrow, the prices double, says Joe Bird, who works in construction and is just flipping cronuts to pad his income. I, um... Man, oh man. <laughs> Wow. Huffington Post throwing them under the bus. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Or throwing them a bone. I'm not sure yeah. which. They clearly, like, talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, man, Cronuts being sold on Craigslist. I wonder if it was, like, a like a TV interview or something, if they would be, like, on those murder shows where they're sitting all in darkness <laughs> and they have voice modulators. <laughs> and it just says, like, quotations around Cronut scalpers. <laughs> I was, I was the first in line. <laughs> first in line, I bought five cronuts and flipped them for 30 bucks a piece. It was a great day, great day. Okay, so I, I get that there's like, you know, there's scalpers. There's people like going on these convoys. But like, that's only the, the consuming part of the, the weird equation of fad foods. There's also this other side, which is where the heck is all this weird food coming from? <laughs> I found BuzzFeed articles with things like sushi donuts, spaghetti oh, donuts, grilled cheese donuts, nacho donuts, and that was just the donuts. All of those donuts are probably coming from Portland, Oregon. What? Voodoo donuts. Yeah. Famous donut place. Yeah. I think people are just going insane. Like, <laughs> no one has any idea what's going to work. Yeah. So they're just trying it all. I think the, it probably plays into the curiosity aspect of a fad food where it's like, I've never seen anyone combine those things together before or cook them that way or whatever, and you have to try it yeah. just because you're like morbidly curious or morbidly obese, <laughs> probably both. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's just like, like, what is that? You immediately hear the two words that shouldn't be said together. I'll take a successful example that I really enjoy, which is sushi burrito. Hmm. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. More <laughs> sushi, but in the shape of a burrito. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, what? How can that? That shouldn't... Just, just give me one. You know? <laughs> Pumpkin spice pizza. Okay. Uh, As a dessert pizza, maybe? But then it's just pumpkin pie. <laughs> Sounds like people coming up with these ideas are the type of people who describe bands as being this band meets this band. <laughs> Marketers. Allow me to get into, via that, a product that was all curiosity, no anything good to it whatsoever, and that is Orbitz. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Orbitz. I remember Orbitz. Nick, are you familiar with Orbitz? Yeah. All right, where's this going? First of all, first of all, they had a flavor, a flavor, one flavor, a single flavor, Pineapple, banana, cherry, coconut. 
Why? What's the point? It's just gonna taste like sugar. I can really taste the banana. (laughs) (laughs) But Orbitz, those who don't know, was in the late 90s. It was a drink. Sweet drink. It had these little little globules floating in it. I mean, I know that all yep. that already sounds pretty great. <laughs> little globules that basically had no taste, despite the pineapple banana coconut. Mm-hmm. This gel and gum that like made like a little web of of scaffolding for them to kind of sit <laughs> um, in the drink. And and something that this told me that I didn't remember is that it wasn't even carbonated. No, it was flat. Yeah, it was like a watered down syrup almost I actually did partake of Orbitz I had Orbitz <laughs> I remember when it came out I had one like this is disgusting <laughs> then it might be fun for you to learn G that uh, at the bulk barn of all places the other day I came across this thing in the refrigerated section made by Casablanca Classics so you know it's got to be good well known brand Casablanca Classics the basil seed drink. Mm-hmm. It is a fruit drink. Uh, I saw pomegranate, I saw lychee, saw mango with basil seeds in it. Ooh. So it's basically like Orbitz, except more naturally derived. Interesting. Yeah. It's also like like not entirely dissimilar to bubble tea. I also really enjoy bubble tea. Yeah. I love bubble tea. But... Part two of the story is people are now buying up Orbits for $30 a bottle. What? <sighs> <laughs> Somebody has to be collecting it. There's no way people are buying it and drinking it. There's a market for anything, no, I guess. People aren't like, I gotta have that Orbits taste. <laughs> Pineapple, banana, cherry, coconut is the only flavor I like. <laughs> I think people are probably just putting them up on shelves. Yeah. This just sort of looks like a lava lamp. Yeah. And like, oh, weren't the 90s crazy with their stupid, stupid snack food ideas? (laughs) Orbitz is now starting to produce them again because of that. Hmm. Because of, as they said, the nostalgia factor. Man, the 90s nostalgia. It's hitting. Yeah. Hitting hard. You know what was like that was uh, when the Ghostbusters film came out last year, they started doing Ecto Cooler again. Oh, yeah. And like in the beginning of Ecto Cooler, like when they first, first hit it back out, you saw people straight dropping like where they come in like a 10 pack of the boxes, like a case of those boxes, like 40 of them on eBay for like three, 400 bucks. Like people were paying it too, like just like, but then Coke made so much of it. Like I got one just for nostalgia's sake. I got one, but I found it at the grocery store for like $2 and 50 cents for a case of it. And I just laughed. I was like, I can't, I, I just can't believe that, that people, go to those kinds of lengths when it comes to fad foods like that yeah. or something that's limited time only where they're like paying $400 for it's like if you just wait a couple of weeks you'll be able to find <laughs> a tower of this at the grocery store once they get enough of it out it can't be like that good right that's the thing it's well it, it was really funny too because when we had it we had it on the show myself and Justin and Justin drinks it and he goes it tastes just like it used to. And I'm like, it was like 30 years ago. You do not remember what it tasted like. <laughs> you have the vaguest crap. recollection of, of what it tasted like. But I think I, I saved a case of it and I had it for forever and forever. And then I finally decided to make margaritas with it. Oh, that's a great use for it. 
it tasted like a margarita, but it was a different color because it's basically just citrusy sugar water. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, there was like a more like radioactive green color for the margarita. <laughs> yeah, man. People like owning something that's like, I can't believe people thought that was a good idea. <laughs> like looking back on how foolish we all were to be chugging orbits <laughs> uh, 20 years ago. Can't say I was chugging it, but I remember enjoying it. I do not. (laughs) Pretty sure I had some strictly for the novelty of it. (laughs) Strictly. It is is gone now. Yesterday. (laughs) That was yesterday. That was was yesterday. Guess who's $30 richer? (laughs) (laughs) You take a sip and then you pass it on to the next person. Gross. I don't know what everyone's exposure to fad food is. Like, obviously, we've all either directly or tangentially experienced the McRib. Yeah. But, like, what are some other fad foods that folks have actually had? Because I only got to read about some of these weird things. Some are trending right now, like butter coffee or fried anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you want to go back to McDonald's again, there's good old McPizza. Pizza. (laughs) I'm sure it was junk garbage absolute crap but like for me that is entirely nostalgic when i was a kid we'd often go out to mcdonald's as a family because when you have kids that's like young kids that's what you do right or at least it was yeah was in the 90s and like you know normally you'd go up you get a burger you get the chicken you get a burger whatever but you get the mixed pizza it turns it into like an event because you get the like little number at your table they bring it out to you it's something everybody eats together. It's like, did a lot for the atmosphere of McDonald's. I remember always getting the personal pizza. Yeah. And that it was like the bottom rung of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pizza by the loosest possible definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess they just melted down some burger buns and like yeah. got some dough out of that and then sprayed some ketchup on it. And, you know. Do you know when the McPizza was discontinued? 1996? Any guesses? Well, let's see. I had McPizza when the Sky Dome was still the Sky Dome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't think I had an N64 yet. 1995. All right. Wait, discontinued. Crap. Uh, 98. I'm going with Price's Right Garbage here. (laughs) Nick, any guesses? In 1998 and $1. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> McPizza was discontinued August 31st, 2017. Jeez. Wait, what? What? Was it like a secret item? By that time, only two McDonald's were carrying it. Oh, man. Effective August 31st, we will no longer be allowed to sell McPizza. This decision was made by McDonald's corporate office, not your local staff. It's our pleasure and honor to be one of only two McDonald's in the USA to carry this great product for the past 15 years. Uh, we apologize to your valued guests and thank you for your support of McPizza over the past 15 years. Wow. Yeah. It was like there was a huge event on the last day. I make pizza fire sale, it says. All of the media was there. The last two pizzas went to a couple who'd flown in from Vancouver. This is in uh, Pomeroy, Ohio. Hmm. One customer. So that her family ate there every day, sometimes two times a day, because your five-year-old son won't eat pizza anywhere else. <laughs> to respond, 
Does he like things that are not pizza? <laughs> also, it was never called McPizza. What was it called? Pizza? McDonald's Pizza. Oh, McDonald's Pizza. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very exciting. It's not. <laughs> not everything gets the Mick moniker. Uh, I guess not. McGangbang oh. gets a pass, but McPizza, we can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like McDonald's just wanted it all. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, what do we not have? <laughs> Early on, they had like like when they first started, they had like chicken fajitas. Yeah. They also had um, spaghetti. Yeah. What man? You can still get spaghetti in Europe. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot of it's like really regional. Like I know in Europe, you can get fries at Taco Bell. Huh. Wait. Only because I watch YouTubers from the UK who go to Taco Bell for whatever reason in their videos, and they're like, oh, I got some fries. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I wonder if they dust them with uh, some Dorito dust, if you ask. You can get fries in Canada, apparently. At Taco Bell? Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I never knew it was a thing. I was like, "Oh man, wow. I don't know if it would be considered a fad food. So much as maybe like a, a fast food chain trying to capitalize on a food fad. But does anybody here remember the uh, the salad wraps from Wendy's? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I dreamed it. Maybe it was super, <laughs> super limited time. I couldn't have dreamt it. I had it more than once. What a waste of a dream. <laughs> but like, I loved their chicken Caesar wrap when it was still a wrap. As soon as it turned into a salad, it was terrible. Hmm. And I, I will I will say, uh, from what I remember of why I loved it so much, it was mostly a texture thing. The texture of the chicken, the crunch of the lettuce, and because it was like that weird fast food somehow processed, but I'm not sure how, Parmesan-like strips of cheese. <laughs> You know how, like, when sometimes oh. you you can grate cheese really finely, and usually that's how Parmesan comes. Making my mouth water. Here. But sometimes you like have one of those big, those graters with the big holes, and if you grate Parmesan on that, you get like the, I guess, flakes. It had those, and like, just the <clears throat> mouth feel of it ah. was very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop stop it with your mouthfeel shenanigans. I think he just got lost at that for a moment. I slipped back to a better time, maybe. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, simpler time. <laughs> Since I can't think of a better time to bring this up, maybe to wash that out of my mouth. There are two other possibly fad foods or trending foods that just seemed kind of unusual to me in more ways than one. A sushi croissant. All right. Okay. Do you have more information about it? It is literally a sushi roll inside a croissant. I don't know if you make the sushi roll and then bake some bread. I didn't look into the instruction. Man, I would love to eat those separately. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberries on pizza. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Japan. Yeah. I don't know where that one was from. Okay. Is that on a regular pizza, or are we talking like a dessert pizza? It looked like a regular pizza. Yeah, I don't. Some countries yeah. put some funky mm. stuff on pizza. This is true. 
like in South Korea, corn is a very common thing to put on pizza. They'll wind up like with little niblets of corn. And in Australia, egg. Yeah. Yeah, apparently people are still mad about pineapple on pizza. I didn't think that, that was an open discussion. But from my experience, not only are there some people who do not like pineapple on pizza, they're mad that anyone ever puts pineapple on pizza, which makes for a tasty flavor sensation. That's not a fad either, nope. because I'm pretty sure that's because you put pineapple on ham and you put pineapple on ham on a pizza, you got a wine pizza. Yep. That's right. Yep. Other weird ones, avocado latte. I'd try that. Is that kind of like a butter coffee, except instead of butter, it's an, it's an avocado? Nope. Uh. Take an avocado, <laughs> take the core out, put the latte oh. in, in the core. See, I saw that in a Reese Darby short on YouTube, and I thought it was a joke. <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> Very serious. Okay. Oh. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, can't think of a food that's been more associated with our generation than avocado. Toast. Avocado toast. Yeah. Yeah. I just... <laughs> it feels like, like the heir apparent right now to bacon. It feels like, oh, everything bacon. I love bacon. Let's put bacon in everything. Avocado seems like an ironic version of that. What? It's got avocado, you guys. You don't know how much you love avocados. <laughs> Quite a lot. If it's at that, that right, perfect uh, ripeness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just losing myself in avocado memories now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's still back on the mouthfeel of that <laughs> salad wrap. <laughs> man, oh, man. All right, well. I've got a few quotes here from senior VP of product development and innovation at Arby's, Jim Taylor. Before you get too into this. Oh, okay. Oh boy. <laughs> like Arby's social media game is on point. <laughs> if you go to their Twitter, it's just like all sorts of weird fun stuff with just like the food and the, like there's like yeah. anime theme stuff. Okay. They for sure drop like a kill a kill reference in one oh, of the they, they or something do crazy like that. All sorts of ridiculous stuff on there. Cool. I don't think I would normally shill a corporate Twitter account, <laughs> but like you should go check it out. <laughs> if Wendy's is a little too salty for you, go to Arby's and watch them embrace fanishness. <laughs> oh, if you don't like the corporatism of that, you can check out Nihilist Arby's <laughs> and be sad. <laughs> <laughs> i'll serve up one of those tweets at the end of the episode oh boy <laughs> oh wow Looking forward to that. but sorry so yeah, you were yeah. talking about arby's yep yep jim taylor who, who might have something to do with the twitter but maybe just oversees it like the person who was in charge of it anyway anyway a few quotes here we are in the temptation business with the limited time offers not the education business Whoa. and the most powerful word in marketing is free. Second most powerful word is new. If you combine those two things together, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty impactful, as they say. And yet another quote, in a world where life itself is a limited time offer. Whoa, whoa. Unique experiences count for a lot, especially when they can be purchased for only three ninety nine. <laughs> 
I hope that was literally one of their ads. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are changing, right? People don't want things so much as they want experiences. Yeah. And having that, you know, McRib tailgate parties or, you know, trying to find that secret menu item. That's an experience. It's a thing <laughs> you did, not just a thing that you ate. Oh, man. McRib Fest 2013 rules. <laughs> <laughs> Another possible reason for the why. Again, from the customer side rather than the marketing side, all that temptation business is that, uh, and this comes from none other than Justin McElroy, to whom we reached out to see if he had Man. anything to say on this. We got a guest on the show and you're upstaging him with another guest. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm upstaging him. I mean, like, he's not in the movie podcast sphere by any any means, any bound, any any anything. Good. We don't need any more people in the movie podcast sphere. <laughs> Jesus, it's crowded it's in there. God. Anyway, he had something to say about Arby's. I asked uh, if you could get any restaurant to bring back any limited time offer, which would it be and why? And he said, Arby's used to do roast beef sandwiches on croissant, and it was the absolute greatest. Man. Must have been some magic in those croissants. I had a croissant sandwich yeah. the other day, just like at a little cafe. Yeah. And it was like, it was, it was freaking good. <laughs> I feel like roast beef would ruin it because I don't really like roast beef. <laughs> but yeah, man, croissants have shown up a fair amount. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking, like, I think an element there is uniqueness, right? Like, not a lot of, not a lot of fast food places offer croissant sandwiches. It's usually, like, for breakfast or... Maybe as part of like their cafe offerings. Yeah. And another thing uh, that he had mentioned was that as somebody who lives in a fairly small town where there's not like a new restaurant popping up every day, when say Burger King brings back their uh, Parmesan chicken sandwich, it literally doubles the number of places he can get a Parmesan chicken sandwich. Oh man. I guess I hadn't thought about it that way. Like you live in a city. Yeah. Like, maybe fad foods are less novel based you're like yeah this place down on third has <laughs> that already or whatever but yeah. if you live in a rural area then like yeah sure you've seen the mcrib before yeah but like when company x brings out some weird new thing some different thing or diamond shreddies or whatever <laughs> so great whatever they're bringing out like that's now available to you and like that builds the community aspect. Yeah. Now you can get the McRib between two filet fish patties. We call it the swimming pig. <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of people thinking of that at home and then just going and asking for those things at the counter. <laughs> and people be like, what? Wait, you want what between what? <laughs> I would like uh, a quarter pounder between two handfuls of nuggets, please. <laughs> Do you juggle? <laughs> if you could take a large fry and just take the fries and shape them into two patties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I got that's like a that's like a McChip buddy. Yeah, and I need to investigate this. The <laughs> got to be a thing in like England or something. A chip buddy is a French fry sandwich. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you're trying to see if it's on like the English. 
I'm trying to see if the English McDonald's has one. I mean, it could have a toast, buddy. I guarantee you could Google McDonald's fries as buns and find like tens of thousands of results <laughs> right now. This isn't related to fad foods, but it is related to bad ideas that McDonald's had. <laughs> hey, I'm willing to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a very long story, but McDonald's at one point decided, hey, let's let the internet design their own sandwich. <laughs> Guess what? It was bad. It looked like the car that Homer Simpson designed for his brother. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, 4chan got a hold of it. Let's see if I can find some of the bad McDonald's sandwiches. <laughs> McDonald's open sandwich to internet. Yeah, here we go. McDonald's asked the internet to name their own sandwich. I oh, don't know. This is an older one. I'll come back to it. You guys keep talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Facebook group, I want to see a McChip buddy meal at the Olympics. As, uh 354 followers but uh, it ends with the post tried contacting McDonald's about getting a McChip buddy they weren't interested <laughs> sorry people and that was the end of that adventure alright I remembered where I found it from it was, it was dorkly here are some of the, the terrible sandwiches that they made the sad European with his two buns with a slice of cheese okay that is sad girth by Penny <laughs> S it's just seven patties stacked on top of each other. <laughs> uh, Bernie Socialist Feast. It is literally just a hamburger bun. <laughs> Some of these are kind of vulgar, so I'm going to skip over those. The Carbonator, which is like six buns stacked on top of each other. <laughs> the Toddler Body Bag, which is lettuce for buns, tomato... A burger and then bacon? I don't get it. Huh. Weird. Thin privilege, which looks like it's pretty much everything you can get on the menu stacked on top of itself. <laughs> uh, atheist delight, which is nothing. <laughs> and then a bunch of other gross stuff. So don't let the internet design your sandwiches <laughs> is uh, the lesson I'm learning. This is how you end up with boats named Bodie McBoatface, yeah. Hey, don't forget <laughs> Trainee McTrainface. <laughs> Man, it's a whole different joke. I like how somebody learned that there's a Bodie McBoatface. Like, you know what? We'll let them name a train. Yeah. And actually, as far as things could have gone, that's a good outcome. Oh, it could have been much worse. McDonald's is going, yeah, we got a lot of goodwill on the internet. I think people will, will respond earnestly and positively to this. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Do you guys think it's time for the verdict? You want to hear about the blackjack taco? What the heck is that? <laughs> is it like a charcoal? <laughs> is it, it's a taco that Taco Bell had briefly. Celebrate Halloween 2009. It's a classic hard shell Taco Bell taco, except the, the shell is black. Okay. Fascinating. Weirdly, it wasn't successful. Oh, that's like the Black Bun Whopper that Burger King had. Oh, yeah. Which really got big in Japan for some reason. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention Pepsi Blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked it when it came out. It was 2002-2004. It's like, it like horribly sickly sweet. It's like, it like blue raspberry flavor. But it's still available in Indonesia and the Philippines. Oh. Huh. Guess where your next yeah. trip is. <laughs> oh, I plan all my trips. Come on, he's got a guy down there. 
It's <laughs> like once a week. <laughs> to some extent, there's also energy drinks, right? If we're talking about general fad foods, like uh, Final Fantasy Potion, perhaps. I would have asked if you had that just for the <laughs> show, but the answer is no, you had one. Yeah, I bought it, I bought it in Japan, because gotta buy <laughs> souvenirs in Japan, and Japan's not cheap. I have a uh, somewhere, I think, oh, it's over. Um, I'll have to grab it in a minute. I have a Duff energy drink. It was branded after <laughs> Duff beer on The yeah. Simpsons. I mean, it literally looks exactly the same, except for it just says energy drink on it. <laughs> Did you have any? Awesome. If it were beer, I would have drank it, but. <laughs> so, beer flavored energy drink. <laughs> Sounds awful. It's Doof from Sweden. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. If it was a beer flavored energy drink, wouldn't that literally just be Buzz Beer? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have one Drew Carey fan. <laughs> I got it, I got it, but I mean, like, uh, that's that's kind of a thing now. It's just, it's just that it's not like a sort of general easy drinking beer paired with coffee. It's more of a porter stout kind of thing. It's someone on the side of the road advertising kale cider. <laughs> I no, no, <laughs> just no. I'm down for kale cider. Yeah. Nice hot summer day. Yep. Oh. Nothing, nothing better, better to cool down with. Refreshing taste of kale. Ugh. <laughs> Who'd put kale back in the sea? I want to see the salad with romaine lettuce again. Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, it's probably time for the verdict. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm out because I don't like... <laughs> Look, we've made this mistake before where we took our wax wings and flew too close to the sun <laughs> and tried to find a fandom where there wasn't one. I think this is an example of one. Maybe, possibly, there is a McRib fandom. Maybe there are other little, tiny little fad food fandoms. But I don't think there's a fad food fandom. There are foodies who are up on trending foods, and there are probably all sorts of different kinds of foodies. I don't think there's fad food fans, and I am not one of them. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't think there's there's just like a group of people that are like, we just enjoy limited time foods or whatever. Because <laughs> it'd be kind of silly unless you create like some kind of network so you always have access to whatever that food is. You know, mutual benefit sort of thing. But like, like no, there isn't really a specific fandom here, but there's... People who, you know, will pay $30 for an Orbitz <laughs> just to look at it, I guess. <sighs> to be fair, I don't think there's another product that has pineapple, banana, cherry, coconut flavor. No. But Didn't even mention Jones Soda Thanksgiving Edition. Oh, yeah. Which also nobody wants. Nobody wants the Brussels sprouts flavor, that's for sure. <laughs> it's the Bernie Butts every flavor beans of soda. <laughs> I'm partial to the gravy flavor myself. <laughs> I don't know. Are you joking or no? Well, I'm <laughs> I, I, know there's a, I know there's a gravy flavor Jones soda. Oh, man. I love that. Yeah. You know, I was deadpan enough where it was like, wait a minute. What? No. I don't know. You did you introduce <laughs> doubt. 
The Orbit's Martini. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I find it absolutely fascinating. A lot of it has to do with like remembering this stuff when I was a kid. I wasn't like, oh, cool, sweet, this is a fad food. When I was enjoying Pepsi Blue, it was not because I knew <laughs> I wasn't going to be doing so for long. I'm like, oh man, this is. I thought every new product was here to stay forever. Yeah. I never thought I'd be in a world without McPizza. Not that I cared. It just seemed like yeah, pizza is a good idea. If you like pizza, will probably stick around. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't. I don't have quite as much junk anymore. I mean, I'll try a new flavor of chips or whatever if I see it. But uh, no, I'm not tailgating them in the McDonald's parking lot to try McRib. I would like to try a McRib in my life, just to say that I have. But. Uh, if I don't, I won't consider it a life wasted. So no, I'm out. <laughs> I actually uh, wanted to throw down a little quote from food critic for the LA Times, Jonathan Gold, about the McRib here. It feels appropriate. A McRib may not be the foulest thing I've ever put in my mouth, <laughs> but it is certainly among the most dishonest. Whoa. Yeah. I want to try it even more. Deep. <laughs> but I also got to say, I'm pretty much in the same boat as G. Like, I'm not going to chase down fad foods left, right, and center. I don't know what the current social status is of foodies, if it is a good thing to be one or a bad thing. It doesn't really matter. I don't know why I even bring it up. I don't really care if it's good or bad. I would consider myself something of a foodie a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if I had the opportunity to try a uh, cronut burger or whatever, I'd probably take it. But I'm not going to go to the McRib locator and try to find out which one is closest to the Canadian border and go on a McRib run or anything like that. I will try new types of chips. Cause I, I, very recently, I remember having a wild experience with the Caesar salad flavor of Lay's chips. What now? When they have that contest, do me a flavor, where people make up flavors, oh, <laughs> and then uh, send them in, and the best ones actually get made. Somebody had sent in a Caesar salad flavor, and I guess as part of the contest, you also like have to contribute what actually goes into the flavor, not just say, make Caesar salad chips, that'll be awesome. It's more like, make Caesar salad chips, they should taste like this. Does it just taste like a crouton? No. The weirdest thing is that it tastes... Does it taste like lettuce? It doesn't, it's not that it tastes like lettuce. The best way I can describe it is that it is like having a crouton-free mouthful of Caesar salad. My favorite type of mouthful of Caesar salad. <laughs> but there's obviously still a crunch from the chip. It's weird. Yeah. I'll have to make sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, for that I will... Uh, you know, I'm not entirely out of this thing. I'm, I'm not securely tucked into fad foods but but i'll dabble every now and then check out those moscow mule chips moscow mule chips yep okay they're right. served in a copper bag Ooh. <laughs> that's right <laughs> man all right now i need to know what a moscow mule is. <laughs> how about you over there eft yeah. nick I'm out. Yeah. I, I can't. No. Just no. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make these kinds of food choices anyway, like, just whatever. Yeah. A lot of it is because a lot of the, like, really more prominent or popular fed foods, especially the McRib, which, I mean, 
we, we all have probably would agree that it's like the top tier in terms of is there an actual fandom for it? It's like, the figurehead. Yeah. yeah. It's it's garbage. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so terrible. I like I get like you can collect together in a group of people about anything else, legitimately anything else, and it would be a better idea than like let me buy 17 McRibs and do it instead. <laughs> Just get, no. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, even novelty things, like, where somebody's like, let me put this on this and do this. I'm just kind of like, but but that doesn't go with that. And, like, every, like, one out of a hundred times, you'll get that one out there combination where you're like, wow, this totally works. Like, for a restaurant, I made a blackberry mustard chicken. Whoa. Fantastic. And, like, you know. I'm up for experimentation and stuff, but like fad foods and stuff like that, like orbits. No, God, no, God, no, especially just there are scalpers. There are cronut scalpers, guys. I mean, I feel like there were like several episodes of two broke girls that <laughs> did that concept. So already that, that seems kind of played out. <laughs> like network television, making fun of food fads. That's not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even seem like a fad if it's not, like, gimmicky somehow, right? Yeah. I don't think it qualifies as a fad unless it's we're bringing back X. Yeah. That's the difference between it and a novelty. It's like Crystal Pepsi when they brought back Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then, like, everybody bought one because it was like, oh, my God, nostalgia. And then... I literally saw them littered on store shelves with markdown tags on them a couple months later because no, it, just like the first time they brought it, nobody <laughs> wanted it. Like everybody was like, "Stop, no." People were We've like, had enough. Go away. I wish there was a Pepsi that was a different color. The problem I have is the color <laughs> of the drink because <laughs> I want to see if someone's put whiskey in it or something. <laughs> oh, man. That has taught me one thing. Then uh, Tide Pods can't be a fad. They're a novelty. Unfortunately. We have to wait till they come back before they become a fad food. <laughs> bringing it back. Yep, bringing it back. You know what? This is the perfect time to transition <laughs> into this week's Spotlight. Spotlight. Which is Ronald McDonald House. I'm sure you've heard of Ronald McDonald House Charity. They provide housing for families of sick kids when they're in hospitals. Seems pretty innocent, right? Yeah. Wrong. What? Well, there's another side to the charity. There's another type of Ronald McDonald House, one that not too many people know about. <gasps> there's one in most big cities. You'll find Man. it by looking for it. It doesn't have an address. It doesn't have a sign above the door. It doesn't even have windows. No, the only way you'll find it is if you're taken there. That's how I found out. Oh, man. Whoa. Sounds pretty creepy. Yeah, I don't. That's a throwback to the Creepy Fast episode. Oh, yeah. And a really creepy story about definitely not Ronald McDonald House. But the charity for this week is the real Ronald McDonald House, which does what I said it does. <laughs> it provides a comfortable place for families to rest and recharge right inside hospitals. Also through Ronald McDonald Care Mobiles, they help to bring basic medical care to vulnerable communities so families can stay together and kids can heal better. If you want to check that out, you can go to www.rmhccanada.ca or you can go to rmhc.org. Good job, America, on having a much shorter URL. 
America. (laughs) And that is that is the spotlight for this week. Before we continue on, I just wanted to do one of the nihilist RVs. Boy, please, let's hear it. All right. Uh, Nothing says who gives a like shameless merchandising. So it. Wow. That's pretty low. (laughs) (laughs) But something more indicative of them is like, there is no God, and if you haven't noticed yet, no one down here cares if you live or die. Eat Arby's. (laughs) Might as well. They're all pretty much like that. Some of them, I was trying not to laugh and had to close the tab. (laughs) Because they're like so ridiculous. Nick, where can people find you on the internet? We are... The Epic Film Guys, epicfilmguys.com. Just uh, literally a podcatcher of your choice. We're everywhere, including on Spotify now, finally, after 4,000 years of waiting. Nice. Whoa, congratulations. Yeah, that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. It took forever. Oh, my God. Well, you guys are on Podbean, too, right? So yeah. have you guys submitted for Spotify? Now that we know that's uh. a thing, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in your social share on your Podbean settings. And then uh, restaurant is restaurant pod dot podbean.com uh it's spelled just like restaurant but you capitalize the second r uh search for that all over social media as well i'm currently on break from that show for now season three begins on april the first with grilled cheese week so i'm super excited to get back into some restaurant episodes as well all right and if you're not too full from listening to those you can uh, head on over to itunes and uh, subscribe to Fantapological and uh, get a brand new episode Every Friday, and uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review while you're over there. All our episodes are available up at fantapological.com, and you can find us online, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at the Nixcast. And if you're currently listening to this in podcast form, you got your McRib in one hand, your bottle of Orbitz or Ecto Cooler, <laughs> your choice in the other, ready to go. Why not both? Exactly. Sure. Just kind of get that in there with the fingers. It, it'll be great. It'll go super well with your McRib, for sure. Uh. But while you're uh, enjoying some fad foods, you might want to consider sitting down, taking a load off at home, in front of your computer, in front of your phone even, and watching us record these episodes live. Monday nights... 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We are live on twitch.tv slash the Nixcast. You can go there. You can watch us record these things. You can watch us chat about our topic, jump into the discussion. You can ask us questions while we're on the air. You can get us to do some research on the air, as uh, we often do. Or if you go to twitch.tv slash the Nixcast, at 8 p.m. on Monday nights, you can also hang around until the end, or just pop in at the end. Either, either way works. For the famous last words. Famous last words. That's right. Famous last words. Our opportunity to say something stupid or <laughs> ask a real question or whatever before we do any of the research, which sometimes is more illuminating about what we don't really know. Next week, uh, which is the last week of our season before we take a brief break before season seven we will be talking about the scp foundation which is 
what's the best way to describe it kind of like what if you had like a wikipedia of the x-files it's like a crowdsourced creepypasta mythology yeah yeah but everything's written as like a government report yes so that's next week's fandom what is everyone's famous last words i can jump in here and start us off since it is a crowdsourced creepypasta mythology, writers have to be involved. There's got to be something to do with writers. Writers got to get in there. There's pretty much no way around that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what I'm wondering is, is there a writer who is now at least internet famous, if not like big time famous, who got their start writing for the SCP Foundation? Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's an ongoing thing. Like people are continuing to write in like the thousands of uh, entries or stories. How influenced is it by like pop culture? Mm. Like, is there one that's about like a creature that's the Hulk or something? <laughs> I know some Cthulhu stuff gets in there. I'm curious as to what like you know current pop culture uh, finds its way. Nikki J ninety one joining us. Right at the tail end of the stream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am the only one without a beard. And I'm going to keep it that way. Thank you. Whoa. Yeah. Man, man. My famous last words for next episode. Are they supposed to be creepy? I have looked through maybe a dozen of them. And only one or two of them have creepy pictures. And some of them have creepy concepts. But they're presented in a way that's hard to make it scary so are they supposed to be creepy are they supposed to be scary i want to know i'm gonna find that out next week thank you for the vote of confidence nikki j91 i probably could and i guess we'll never know (laughs) in the land of the bearded man the half bearded man is king (laughs) uh we did do an episode on creepypasta i don't remember if you were there or not but you can check that at fanthropological.com and uh you can hear what we had to say about creepypasta i got weirded out what doing research it was not pleasant (laughs) epic film guy nick what do you want us to research what's on your mind three words time travel creepy pasta i'm just gonna leave that out there for you guys to do with what you will (laughs) next week on the show whatever you want to do all right i mean you said time travel which is something we're all on board with (laughs) so I don't think we'll have any problems finding something to do with those three words. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. And that brings us to the end of the show. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Nick, who's above me, I guess. Thank you, Nick, (laughs) for joining us. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know, where are you? He's over there. No, wait, he's down down there. Yeah, it's all different. It's all different for everybody. Where am I in relation to Nick? (laughs) Oh, dude, that way. Oh, you're diagonal. <laughs> he's he's to your top left. This is literally descended into madness. Yep. This is like a bad Brady Bunch episode. <laughs> anyway, thank you for. So got yeah, you got it. thank T G Yo Z. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Watch it back on the stream. No, I pointed the right. Well, thank you for putting up with our shenanigans. I, I forgot I mirrored on here. That's right. Oh boy. Uh...
And uh, thank you, Nikki J ninety one, for joining us. The fifth and, Nick. Uh, fifth. N- ah. Oh, oh. Wait, we had five. <laughs> we had five. Anyway, some kind of Nick Nexus, some yeah. kind of Nick Singular. Sure, yeah, a wormhole is going to collapse or something somewhere. <laughs> this is where the or time open. travel comes in. Yeah. Boom. Thank you, everyone, for listening on the stream, and thank you, everyone, who's listening to the podcast. We will see you next week at the SCP Foundation. Until then, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.